Welcome to this inspiring message by Paul Van Essen at Greater Life Church. For more information about us, do visit our website www.greaterlife.org.uk. So uh, we're talking about this, how to be led by the Spirit. What an important topic, how God leads you. Because really, after the first thing in life, the most important thing in life, is to connect with God through Jesus. The most important decision any person could ever make is to become friends again with God. So that the God who made you, created you, dreamed of you, sent you to the earth, wants to be with you, wants to take care of every area of your life, so that that awesome God can be your friend and you can walk together in life. Greatest decision you'll ever make. Most important thing. And I would say that right after that, the next most important thing in your life on this planet is to fulfill what he designed for you to do. And he planned great things for you. Ephesians 2.10 is a good verse about that. It says that God has pre-laid down, that's not good English, but um, pre, pre, he's preset, he's prepared for you all these good things in advance so that you would walk in them and you would enjoy them. Uh, Psalm 139 that I made reference to this week in those little video clips. Verse 16 says that all the days that God designed for you were written in a book before as yet there were any of them. So there's a book in heaven. If you were to go to heaven, which is real and right there, right now, and uh, you would find that there's a book there with your name on, with your birth date, with your parents, with all the details, with a whole lot of information about who you are and how God made you and your gifts that you probably don't know yet. And, and this story of a wondrous life, because God is good. God is really good. God hasn't planned anything bad for you. And sometimes difficult things come, challenges come, but God always works in a way to turn those things around to your greater advantage. If you're following Jesus and you keep following him, you're not going to lose. You're going to win. So finding out, what did he make me for? How to walk with him every day as a friend. Those two things both lean into this topic we've got today called This, this, I'm sorry, this series we've got today called How to Be Led by the Spirit. This is part five. How does the Spirit of God lead you? And I've titled this message today, How to Grow Your Faith. Because faith is central. One of the big three, right? Faith, hope, and love. These things remain forever. And whatever you focus on in your life, at the center of them, in order, should be love faith and hope. I want to talk about faith because faith and being led by the Spirit are completely intermeshed. They go together and I'm going to show you some things today that maybe you haven't seen yet or thought of before. But let me start by defining this word faith. Faith is not just uh, the, the word that we might use in common speech. So for example, some people will say they came to faith. They came to believe in Jesus. 
or they have a faith. They are of the Christian faith, which basically uh, means they have a, an affinity for or some kind of belief in Christian principles. It may or may not really mean they've got a living relationship with God, but that is not really a, an accurate description of what faith is. You want to know what faith is? Faith is substance. It's stuff. It's discernible on the inside of you. It's measurable. It's living. It's pulsing. And it is a confidence beyond anything normal or natural or human. When you live with faith in your heart, you live with a deep confidence that God is with you, that things are working for you, and you're absolutely convinced of it. So one of the Greek words that's translated as faith, part of faith, is elsewhere translated confidence. So when people lack confidence, it's fair to say that there's a lack of faith. And sometimes when people go into their future and they want to walk with God, but they lack confidence in their walk with God, the issue is a matter of faith. And so I want to build your faith because faith is measurable. Do you remember Jesus said in one place, I haven't seen such great faith. And then in another place, he said, why is your how is it that your faith is so small? You have little faith. So you can have little faith, you can have medium faith, and, and there'll be a scale. And everybody has some faith. Everybody. But you can put your faith in different things. And if you put your faith in God, that, that's what we're working on today, you can build that faith. You can grow that faith. That faith can become bigger day after day, week after week, year after year, until what made you feel unconfident and unsure and maybe fearful, which is kind of the opposite of faith. So if you're struggling with fears, the answer, the most powerful answer for fear is faith. That's the opposite of it. Fear, fear is like faith in reverse gear. So faith is absolutely moving forward, convinced that they're absolutely convinced there are good things in store. Not hoping there are, not believing it, but just know, I know there's so much confidence you couldn't shift it. I just know that I know. And I think if we're honest, we will find that we have genuine Bible faith for not that many things. And I want you to help, your genu uh, help you grow your genuine Bible faith. And uh, the opposite of that is fear. So fear works in the same way. It just anticipates bad things. And it's so convinced of these bad things that are going to happen. You know, my son is eight years old. He's gone to play with his friends. His friends are back home. And an hour later, he's still not here. And faith will kick in. Sorry, fear often for people will kick in. And we start thinking, maybe somebody's captured him. Maybe he's been abducted. Maybe he's fallen down a well in the countryside and he's dying, and I'm not there. So that's, not, that's the opposite of hope, expecting bad things. Then you get to a stage, if you're not careful, where you convince terrible things to happen, and your body is acting like it. You're nervous, your heart is racing, your, 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 uh, your, your uh, blood pressure goes up, you start thinking irrationally, 
and, and all that stuff. And that's all a result of fear. You're just believing that disastrous things have happened when there's no physical proof. And faith is believing that awesome things have already happened for you, but it's not physically proven. It's a matter of your heart. Your heart is much more important than you realize. Your heart and your brain, your soul, we discussed last week, even though they're close, not your brain, but your soul, your thinking, they're close, but they are separate things. And we need to get heart faith built strong. When you suffer from fear, and many people do, they'll find a lump in their breast, and that's more often women or men in different places or whatever. And you have to be rational. You have to think, okay, I better get this looked at. I can't just... But even when people don't get it looked at, it's because they're afraid they're going to find out something they don't want to find out. And, and, and or else we're playing a scenario of, oh, this could be this. I mean, I know statistically. Statistically, I think it's around one third of people will have a cancer of some kind in their life. And most of those will recover. But have you ever thought about it the other way? Statistically, two thirds of people will never have cancer. Why don't you at least see yourself in the most likely scenario? Instead of fearing that this is, you know, we have this, this is a, a whole way and it's a fear-based approach to life. Now, when you have that on the inside of you, which many Christians do and many people do, and then you espouse to or you, 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 uh, you, you value, you believe in this faith message that I'm talking about and you, and you see and you understand that you should be positive and God is with you and all these kinds of things. You have these two contradictory things at work within you. One is what you'd like to believe and what you think you should believe. The other is what you actually deep down really do believe. And that struggle, that tension goes on in the life of, in my experience, most Christians most of the time. And so that this breakthrough life of strong faith is something they wish for and they aim for, but they don't, excuse me, but they don't often live in. And so we need to help with that. That's what I want to do. I want to, if I know this, that faith is growable. That faith is a lot like a muscle. That faith can be small and it can be big. And that faith is confidence that will enable you to counteract fears. So you could go through life absolutely sure, fulfilled on the inside, knowing on the inside that good things are in store, that no matter what happens, this is going to turn out for good. And that doesn't mean that bad things don't happen. It means that whatever happens, we have deep faith in God that this is going to work for God. And I've been through some disastrous things and I face every day some painful, difficult, disastrous things, things you wouldn't wish on anybody. And uh, but that doesn't, if, you know, I could live subject to that if I just thought about it all the time. But I'm going to live subject to what God said. I'm going to live subject to the Bible. I'm going to live subject to the spirit of faith that's in my heart. And when it gets challenged, which it does most days, I'm going to make a point of continuing to build and grow my faith. I hope that's given you a helpful introduction. Let me tell you briefly here how important faith is. 
Okay, so we've got a few examples in Mark 5. Don't turn there. We're going to, if you if you get in your Bible out, which you should, then the two places we want to look at are Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, and Romans 10. Romans 10. So grab both of those as, as we're listening. And let me tell you briefly in my own words the story of Mark chapter 5. It's the story you will know of a woman who had an issue or a flow of blood, uh, some kind of uh, you know internal, what we would probably call a female problem. But this, is, this has been going on for years. And she has sought the advice of many doctors. She's paid a lot of money. And she's not any better. In fact, she's worse. Then she sees Jesus and she's heard. She's heard about Jesus and what he does. And so she says in her heart, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed or made whole. Not I hope I will. Not I might be. Not my chances are better. I will. And that's all the difference in the world. If I'm ministering and we're going to start that in a couple of weeks, ministering to people in the power of the Holy Spirit... If I'm ministering to people and they believe in their heart, if I can just get Paul to lay hands on me, then I am going to be healed because the power of God will flow is sitting on him, will flow through him and into my body. If, I, if you believe that in the same way she believed that, you'll get exactly the same result that she got, which, as you might know, is she was completely healed, completely restored. And the Bible says she pressed through these people all around Jesus. There was a whole bunch of people touching him but she touched with a different touch touch of faith she touched the hem as the old scripture says you know the 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 hem of his garment the thing that he was wearing and jesus felt power go out of him and he turned around in in the middle of all these people and he said who touched me and it was such a strange thing to say because people are touching him the whole time and his disciples said as much what do you mean who touched you you know people are touching you the whole time and he said, no, 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 somebody, he, he felt power go out of him. And he turned around and he saw this woman and she was a little nervous. This was a big thing for her. She had been a, a social outcast as a result of her disease. And, and he found that it was her that had touched him. And do you know what she said? You know, do you know what he said to her about how she got that healing? He said, daughter, you're... Fill it in. Your, your faith has made you whole. And you would say, well, wasn't it the power of God that healed her? Well, yes, it was. And there were lots of people touching Jesus. And none of those that we have record of received any impartation of the power of God. But the power of God flowed through her. In other words, it was her faith, that's what Jesus said, that gave action to God's power. It'll be the same for you. Your faith will give action to God's power. And if you want more of the power of God in your life, build your faith and connect with people that are anointed. So that's Mark 5. Just talking about the importance of faith. There are others. Mark 11, 22, uh, yeah, 22, 23, 24 and 25 all talk about faith. And you might know verse 24. I'll just quote it more or less right. It says, whoever, whatever you pray, whenever you pray or whatever things you pray or ask for, 
when you pray, believe that you receive them and you might have them. Does that sound like the Bible to you? When you pray, it's not the Bible. It's what we kind of think of the Bible as the Bible probably in our hearts. When you pray, whatever you pray for, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Jesus speaking. Promise from God. What is the thing that guarantees that? Your faith. Believe that you receive it. Believing in faith, same thing. One's a verb, one's a noun, same thing. You have faith, you have belief. The stronger your faith, the stronger your belief. It also says in that passage there that uh, if he will believe in his heart, that's in verse 23. And you need to know that faith is a heart thing, not a head thing. And that's where a lot of people have come unstuck in their walk with God in terms of growing in faith. They've thought of it more as a head thing and a mental conviction rather than a heart revelation. I want to help you get a heart revelation today. There is plenty more that we could read, but let's just have a quick look at this in Hebrews chapter 11. All right, that's the first passage I asked you to turn to. If you have a Bible, uh, open it there. If you don't have a Bible, send me an email and I'll buy you a Bible as long as you promise to open it and read it. You can use, of course, electronic Bibles as well. Um, but I'm a big fan of reading the scripture as it is. Here we go. Faith. I'm going to read a couple of verses here out of Hebrews 11. Are you with me? Cool. I'm going to read verse 1, verse 6, and then we're going to go down to verse 24 and read a little passage. And we're all just focusing on faith here. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance. One version says the title deed. The assurance of the title deed that of about what we do not see. Verse 6 says, without faith... It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of people who diligently seek him. And then we read this, this, this whole chapter is fantastic, but we don't have time to do it all. But let's read together from verse 24. And it just gives you an example of what happened by faith. This whole chapter, I think 18, 19, 20 times uses this phrase by faith. Faith is the thing that made it happen. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for Christ, for the sake of Christ, as greater value than the treasures of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger because he, perse he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Faith was an inward knowing, a conviction, a deep confidence that dictated to his behavior, caused him to make these certain decisions. By faith, he left Egypt a little further. By faith, he, left the, he kept the Passover a little further in verse 29. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. By faith, verse 30, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, verse 31, the prostitute uh, Rahab was not killed. And then verse 32, what more shall I say? I don't have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, prophets, who faith, through faith, what did they do through faith or by faith? 
conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, and whose weakness was turned to strength. You might feel weak, and it's good to acknowledge that you're feeling weak if you are feeling weak. If you don't know where you are on the map, you can never make any progress. So don't deny what you're really feeling, but let's deal with it appropriately. Faith caused people who felt weakness to be turned into strength. It received the promises of God. The whole chapter, as I said, is wonderful. I just want you to know that faith is this deep inward confidence, this conviction, this knowing, title deed, that what God has promised, he will do. And faith drives your actions. That's how it works in the Bible. When you're so convinced that God's done it, then your perspective changes. Your words change. And your actions change. You start to act in line with what you believe, which makes no sense to the people who don't believe. That's what faith does. So Abraham is in Israel. They're believers, for want of a better term. They're followers of God. But they didn't have faith like he had faith. And he's the father of our faith. So God said to him, he promised him, he said, you are going to uh, have all these nations flow from you. You're going to be the father of many nations. And it's going to come through this son. But he hadn't had the son of promise. He'd actually, as people sometimes do, tried to fulfill the promise in his own way, by his own natural decisions. That resulted in a son called Ishmael, uh, which was not uh, what God had planned, but God still blessed Ishmael and loved Ishmael because he was Abraham's son. And then uh, he still goes on. He's about 90 years old and uh, he still hasn't had this son. A Sarah now cannot have children. And so you imagine the picture, this old guy, 90, but he still completely believes he's going to have this son. So you go to Abraham's tent where he was living and there's a little room in the tent all painted blue with a little cot and they've got their push chair and their baby food stored up ready for this child. But he's a grandfather. He's a grandpa age. And so is she. And they probably walk down the street and go to Baby & Co or whatever the shops are called and go and pick up some stuff for the baby. And of course, the people are laughing at them. Now, unfortunately, a lot of times when Christians act a certain way, I kind of, can I say it this way? I think they deserve to get laughed at because they just do stupid things sometimes. Bless them. I'm one of them. I'm in the family. But they just do uh, because they think it's faith. But here's the point. Okay, faith only comes out of, oh, sorry, those actions of faith only come out of faith that exists in your heart already. It's there and you know it. What a lot of things have happened over particularly the past two, three decades where we've learned a bit more about faith is that people realize that faith has actions. So they start to do certain actions. They start to say, well, if I had faith, I should be living this way. I should be, you know, 
prospered, for instance. So I should be having this kind of thing and that kind of thing in my life. And they start acting that way when they don't have the substance on the inside. It's always the substance first. It's the reality of the truth on the inside of you that drives your words. So building your faith is the key thing. All right, I hope that's helped you. Like I said, this series is being led by the Spirit. And I've taken that time so far today to talk about faith because faith and being led by the Spirit are completely connected. They're completely tied together. And this is where we're going to come to Romans 10, 17. And this is our final passage for today. But stay with me. Turn with me, if you would, Romans in the New Testament. Romans chapter 10. Great passage. And verse 17. Now, the NIV version, which I use most often, sounds, it's quite, it's quite similar to the New King James and the NASB and the ESV in this case. And I think it's a little blind to us at times. It says this, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes through hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's a confusing phrase. It's not clear to me what it's saying. Lots of people, especially people that have been Christians for a while, will just quote that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God is the New King James Version. And we will say that, but have we really thought about what it means? What is that? I mean, that's a funny thing to say. Now, in the uh, Holman Christian Standard Bible, Here's the same verse, read a little differently. Faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. Well, that's a little clearer. That is a little clearer for me. What is heard comes through the message. So faith comes from what is heard. Well, that's, that's clear. It says it, it, that says that the same way every time. Faith comes through what is heard. But then it says what is heard comes through the message about Christ. So what you're hearing and the message about Christ, there's a, there's a link there. That's a little clearer for me. Now I'm going to read the Passion Translation, which is a, a more recent and modern version, and says some things really well. And I think in this verse, it's helpful. Let me read it for you. Faith, then, is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. Now, the anointed one is Christ, and the translator of the Passion is trying to emphasize for us because we get, you, you know, we think it's Mr. J. Christ of something or other street like it was his surname, uh, and it wasn't. It was a title that denoted him as somebody God had anointed. That's what Christ means, anointed. And so, um, or krios, the root word from that means anointed. So we can leave that in there, but in any case, it means it says this, faith is birthed in the heart that responds to God's anointed utterance about Christ. Now, that's a little more helpful for me. That's, and, and it's important for us to find out what the Bible was really saying. I, I've studied faith and preached on faith for probably 35 years, and I think it was Charles Spurgeon, that great English speaker, who was around here in Surrey and, uh, and preached about oh, 120 years ago, thereabouts, late 1800s, that kind of time. 
and uh, 830 years thereabouts, but a tremendous preacher. And he said, he said, preaching, until you've preached something f- at least 50 times, you haven't really got uh, a good insight into it. And I understand what he's saying. There's some truth in that. Uh, this is a topic that I've preached, as I say, for, for 35 years and uh, preached a lot more than 50 times. But there's insight that God has given me over the years that is grown. And so I hope that we can really uh, help with that. Here's my summary. Here's how I look at Romans 10:17. Faith comes by hearing God speak. That's a kind of a synopsis. And it's true. Faith comes by hearing God speak. Now, faith comes by hearing. Faith is what you're convinced about on the inside of you. So there's faith towards God, but there's also faith towards yourself. One of the things I address pretty frequently in the, in the e-thoughts and Instagram messages and YouTube and whatever is how we think about or look, look at ourselves because that is a crucial factor in what we become in our lives as Christians. God can say about you whatever he, he does, but if, if you don't accept it and believe it and it's not revelation in your heart, then your life will remain exactly the same as it was even though you are born again and you are going to heaven, but that's, that's where it finishes. Whereas God, what God would like to do is be impactfully involved in your life every day of the week. And so this topic here, this faith thing, faith comes by hearing God speak. Faith comes by hearing. In other words, whatever you've heard, you're going to have faith in. Now, a very simple practical explanation of that is how we as adults sometimes behave uh, almost subconsciously in ways that we don't like, particularly if we lack confidence, particularly if we think it's too hard, particularly if we think we're not that valuable. We might say that, oh, yes, I'm important, but deep down, when it comes to an opportunity for you to voice your opinion about something, there's a reticence, there's a reluctance. I'm not talking about personality types now. I'm just talking about you don't feel like your voice is all that important to be heard. Now, that's faith that you have in the wrong direction, admittedly, but it's faith that you have. And that faith came from what you heard. Somewhere along the line, whether it was teachers, parents, other influential people, Uh, And the things that you allowed to mull in your mind dropped into your heart. And you've got a deep confidence that actually at the end of the day, your opinion isn't all that important. And that's not true. Your your opinion is very important. That doesn't mean you have to be a belligerent, uh, over-enthusiastic, overly dominant person expressing your opinion about things. That's a different matter. The fact that you're mad opinion matters is significant so see faith comes by hearing whatever you heard and you heard certain things particularly as a child that became ingrained in you it's part of your faith what we're doing here is regrowing retraining building god kind of faith which not only relates to god but to yourself i hope that makes sense to you i feel like we're covering quite a bit of ground so hope you're still with me here Faith comes, so let me say it this way, faith comes from what is heard and then faith comes by hearing God speak. 
So let's close on this. Faith comes by hearing God speak. There are, two, there are various ways God will speak to you. We're talking about being led by the Spirit. But here's the, two, the big two. Number one, the Bible. God will speak to you through the Bible. Number two, prayer. Being in the presence of God, God will speak to you when you talk with him or make time to be in his presence. They're the two things I want you to get because the Holy Spirit is absolutely central to both those things. The Word of God. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit wrote this. You got any bits in your Bible you don't understand? I've got a few. This, this much I know. When I leave this planet and go home to heaven to my reward, there'll still be things in this book I don't understand. And there'll be people in heaven, maybe angels, and maybe fathers of the faith, and maybe uh, the Holy Spirit himself in some way. Not sure how that'll work. But they'll teach me things that the Holy Spirit wrote and understand, and I'll, I'll grow in understanding. Now, if you don't catch this here, of course, today, it may well be that when you get to heaven, I will be there to greet you, and God will ask me to teach you <laughs> the same things I'm teaching you now. So li listen up. The Holy Spirit wrote this, and he understands what he meant. So when you make time and open the Bible, simply do this. Give the Bible time every day in your life and just talk to Holy Spirit who wrote it. Say, Holy Spirit, as I read the Gospel of Mark, you were there on Jesus' life, anointing him to do this. Would you reveal to me things that you are saying that I need to hear out of your word? And you approach the word of God that way. That's the best thing you can do. Give time to the word of God. Well, one of the two best things you can do. The other one is make time to be in the presence of God. In the presence of God. We would call it prayer. That's a reasonable word. But there are different ways to pray. And I want you to, I, I, I want, I'm going to conclude. I want to help you practically with a, a, a thought on how to pray there's a couple of different ways three maybe three different ways there's more but three different ways i want to leave with you when you pray number one when you pray worship and pray in the spirit that's one aspect of prayer you come into god's presence you close the door wherever you are or you shut down this that or the other you don't get let leave the phone on you make time somewhere the dog's away, the kids are away, the husband or the wife's away, whatever it is, and be thankful then in this place if you're single because it's easier for you to make time this way. Husbands and wives, encourage one another to make time to be like this. Don't be so demanding on the presence and the needs you have from your partner that you pull on them out, pulling them away from their opportunity to be with God. One, worship. I put worship music on most of the time, but you don't have to. Shate lurudus again and begin to pray in the spirit. You're fellowshipping with God. There's an exchange going on. About 70, 80% of my prayer life will be praying in the spirit because my spirit is praying and that spirit where my faith lives, that, that voice is becoming more dominant. 
in my time, in my heart, in my life as I do that. That's one part of prayer. And I would encourage you to be doing that at least 15 or 20 minutes a day. That's not that hard. Another aspect of prayer is just talking to God, just hanging out with God. And it's much easier once the presence of God is there, if you've worshipped first, if you've created something of an atmosphere, if you've prayed in the Spirit, where you just talk. And you say, for instance, you know, God, this this job situation, as I get in your presence here, I've got to tell you, I am pretty, I'm bored and I, I just, I don't feel like this is the right job for me, but I don't know what to do. So I'm asking you, Father, if you'd just show me, doesn't have to be this instant, you don't want to put God in a time frame that doesn't work, you've got to show me, would you show me what I need to be doing with my life? Send some people, send some prophetic people. Speak to me as I read your word today, Holy Spirit. And as I pray in tongues, I pray in the Spirit today. I want to ask you to please show me how I should, where, how I should approach that, because I don't feel like I'm in the center of God's will. Or, I, I you know, Paul was saying the other week uh, that that um, I've got gifts, but honestly, I don't know what they are. Would you show me? Would you help me to understand? And so you just chat with God. You just chat and you hang out and you make time. And I would be doing that if I would encourage you to do that every day. And, uh, you know, I used to, uh, in Australia particularly, where there's more bush and less people, uh, I'd do that probably two or three nights a week. I'd go out to a near where I lived, which was a bush area. And I'd go for a walk, anything from one hour to two hours. It would just depend. Uh, you know, and you have to work that out with your family and all those sorts of things. But I would just go for a walk and... Uh, a little bit warmer there mostly. And there's no one else around within any shirt. And I'd just talk to God. I'd pray in the spirit and I'd worship. And sometimes I'd have a very clear revelation about something. Sometimes I'd prophesy over my own life because I'm giving time for the Holy Spirit to fill me. I want to really encourage you to make that time. And of course, another kind of prayer is when you're just pressing in to receive something. That's kind of the Luke 18 prayer where you know that the devil is trying to wrestle some other person uh, you know, out of the will of God. And you just, in Jesus' name, I release your blessing, Father. I ask you to move powerfully in you. There are certain things you target and you blast in prayer. And that's a different kind of prayer. There's more than that. But I just want to say this, you see, in all those times, it's, the fellowship, it's fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The reason I mentioned those first two, worship, praying in the Spirit, and hanging out with God is because you're very conscious of the person you're being with and you don't want to lose that. And what happens then is that from time to time, probably not every time, but if you make the time probably more frequently than you would think, the Holy Spirit will drop a word in your heart or sometimes you get a vision. Sometimes you just get a knowing, a knowing in your heart. You kind of feel like actually no stick at that job you're supposed to be there for a while. You've got a purpose. Or you feel in your heart like, no, you've got to be bold. You've got to step out and do something. And, and, and you're a little afraid because you're leaving security. But you've got to do it. You're going to get inward witness. Now, listen, that's the primary way God leads you. I totally believe in the prophetic, in prophetic gifts, in people prophesying this over you and that over you. Uh, we are in a season in the body of Christ right now where that is very high, very strong. And with anything that is strong like that or emphasized like that, 
there are excesses and you've got to be balanced that there should you should never be in a situation where what somebody else prophesied over you or not is dictating the direction of your life or is making you shaky you've got to get in the presence of god yourself because those people who prophesied over you i can tell you because i've been there in three months six months one year two year five years or ten years a number of those will not be prophesying anymore they won't even be following jesus anymore some of them and so whilst god does use that don't put too much credence on that put credence on your own connection with god hear from him in your heart he will guide you he will lead you he will speak to you and when you're in that place in the presence of god and you hear god speak you'll know it and that is where real faith comes from that's what faith is you know he spoke man i hope that's helped you it's been so good to be with you thank you for your attention thank you for the value that you are showing towards the word of god towards what carrie and i do as leaders in our church and i want to pray for you and we're going to close with a worship song that's going to allow you to make time in your heart for god so i want to encourage you with all my heart don't run away don't go and get a coffee or tea right now give it five minutes unless you're busting to go to the bathroom but right now know that you're as valuable as any person on the whole planet to god that the holy spirit this person called holy spirit is with you and he's got some things he wants to share with you and it isn't going to be earth shattering every time but it's going to be comforting every time and sometimes it will be earth shattering your faith will grow your deep confidence will grow out of what god says to you god bless you thank you for your time and let's enter into this time of worship together.